Welcome back, listeners, to a very special Christmas episode of the BDU podcast. As always, you're joined by Jack Lawrence, DC, and of course, myself, DY. Now, what I've actually done is taken all of Lawrence's questions that we recorded for his General Muscle podcast last week. And what we're going to do is, me and Jack have already discussed this, is we're just going to release it one day earlier than what Lawrence does. So it's going to be released on the Christmas Eve. So it's going to make it look like he's copied us. We've got a free lot of content. I didn't have to plan anything for this episode too. So it's a bonus, which is going to bring us to our first question is, what's going in your Christmas sack? D-Bowl or Trend? One second. <laughs> one sec, D-Y. Did someone say Christmas? One. To it's the most <laughs> anabolic time of the year. DC's biceps are swelling and everyone's telling you be of good cheer. It's the most anabolic time of the year. There'll be turkeys for eating. DY will be sleeping. So much protein. He had a lot. There'll be scary gym stories and tales of the glories of the general on the Watson Hack Squad. It's the most anabolic time of the year. Jack will eat his fruit mince pies and make up some damn lies when con prep draws near. It's the most anabolic time of the year. Thank you, boys. Wow, you. terrific. Mate, I didn't know that was that was uh that was coming today. So I I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm I'm shedding a tear right now. That was beautiful. Yeah. I try to surprise the boys sometimes. You know, you guys don't get to see everything. And you know, I just thought a little Christmas treat for not only your auditory canals, but you know, every listener. So there you go. That was tremendous. I'm assuming that was on the spot as well. Oh, freestyled. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't take me, you know, my entire twenty-minute walk on the uh, the treadmill this afternoon to come up with it all. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much the Eminem of the uh, powerhouse Southside. Well, to all mate, listeners basically. at home, Merry Christmas! Because this episode would have actually been released on the Wednesday, so hope you all had a phenomenal Christmas. So, Jack, you're first up. How's everything been, and what are the Christmas plans? Yeah, things have been good. It's um, only. Only this week and next week until I'll be mini cutting, which is exciting. And I was doing doing some reflection on kind of this gaining phase compared to the last one. And overall, it's been it's been good. Like I, it's it's not been one of those sort of. I think maybe in contrast to uh, my first kind of couple years out of prep, like I made some pretty inflated progress. Um, but this year has been, I would say, slower overall in terms of progress compared to those first two years of the off-season, but still very good, um, especially looking back at some of my uh, photos from the last push-up phase in April. But um, yeah, just keen to finish strong. I've only got a couple of sessions to go, and then I'll be deloading next week and then and then mini-cutting. But Christmas plans, not honestly, not much. Like we went on that big holiday in in may and june so i'm um, just kind of taking it easy my brother's over here from the uk with his partner so just um, spending some time with them and uh, enjoying some fruit mince pies the uh buckwheat fruit mince pies there's been an alteration in the recipe yeah just to be a little bit more friendly buckwheat to the pastry. macro yeah exactly right now very nice what about you dc yeah, so Christmas Day is going to be up with my family in in Cairns. That's where I grew up. So 
Uh, we sort of alternate between Christmases, either spending it with Nicole's family or spending it with mine. So this rotation is, is up spending it with them and very excited for that. Uh, there's been some absolutely crazy weather conditions up in Cairns at the moment. I don't know if you've heard much on the news, but just like crazy floods and and uh, cyclone, things like that. So luckily my family is safe and it looks like the rains and everything like that have subsided and they weren't necessarily affected, but we did have a lot of uh, friends who were, unfortunately. But um, yeah, spending that that time up, up with them and nothing really changes a whole lot in terms of uh, check-ins. I ran check-ins the day sort of early. So ran on the Sunday just to free up the Christmas day for people that had their check-ins on that day and uh, to free it up for myself as well. But nothing changes from the perspective of training. I'm still going to get in an epic session. Well, I still got in an epic session for those listening because uh, it's obviously the Wednesday. Uh, so yeah, nothing changes in that respect. I'm excited just to have a little bit of downtime, even if it's like mental downtime, spending that with family, even though workload doesn't necessarily change, training doesn't necessarily change. It's just being in a different environment, I think, which is is something that's nice. Yeah, very nice. What what do they got up there? Like a world gym, a good world gym? Yeah. So there's a I train at the World Gym Cans and its facilities are great, man. Like it's got most most things you would want. I mean, it's mostly decked out with with hammer strength stuff, uh, some life fitness stuff as well. There's uh a few Watson pieces. Uh so honestly, it's got everything that you would need. There, some some exercise I have to slightly rotate out, but for other things, but um, for the most part, it's got got everything you'd want. Yeah, very nice, Lawrence. What do you got up? What's the go for Chrissy? Mate, it's uh, usually you know pretty similar scenes. Like we'll we'll do the church in the morning presents, and then this year we're doing lunch with Gemma and my family combined, which will be really nice. So it'd be cool to have a nice big Christmas table this year, and then the days following are probably going to be pretty normal days, to be honest. Like I'll try spend as much of um the 26th of december watching test cricket on the tv as much as i can mm. get away with so i'll train tuesday wednesday thursday and then i'll actually train friday as well um so Gemma's working over that time i have work off which is nice but i'm pretty much just going to treat those as, as normal days and then instead of resting on the friday like i normally do i'll sneak in a session because we're heading down the coast on friday afternoon to Gemma's granddad's place down in Palm Beach and then I'll probably end up resting this Saturday and then I'll get the last session of the week and the last session of the year in down at Worlds um, down in Burley which I normally train out when we're down the coast so yeah all the training will still get done I suppose being you know still relatively you know close in terms of the proximity to um, concluding my season I'm, I'm pretty much trying to like a bookend Christmas day as far as like eating off plan like Obviously, I'm not going to mass, like, you know, I'm not going to restrict myself on Christmas. I'm going to enjoy myself and just be, you know, sensible and just be an adult. But, you know, the, the days around that, I'd like to just kind of get back to normal. And um, I think it, it sort of makes Christmas Day even more special when you don't then like end up eating two weeks of Christmas leftovers as well. And I think just for myself and still wanting to be sensible with that rate of gain, I think it just makes sense to try and, um, you know, make sure those other days are or as on point as they can be. Um, but yeah, so we've got some some sessions lined up with a few people that I haven't caught up with in a while, so that'll be good. What is it now, four weeks post-show? Yeah, four, yeah, about four and a half weeks, yeah. And how are you feeling? Energy levels good? 
I, honestly, like, I don't know if I'm just still in that honeymoon phase of like, you feel so much better. And even though you're like, you're maybe not a hundred percent yet, but like you feel way better because like, I, I don't, I think the energy levels, like I can't see how I could get more energetic than I am now. Like, I don't know if you boys have noticed, like if I have like a little bit more zip when I'm on the podcast, but like, well, I you feel did my just sing are- a solo Christmas carol. So I mean, it doesn't this get more, doesn't get more like outgoing and energetic than that, right? So you must be. It's pretty zippy, that, baby. Yeah, and I feel like, like even some of my mates from work and like Matt from the gym said the other day, he was like, "Yeah, it's like it's not like you were a complete, you know, like on Vegetable. death's door in prep, but you just like you just lacked that pop, and like he, he's even noticed that that's back, and like I've noticed with myself, like." I'm a little bit more like I make jokes with patients a bit more and I like try and just like have a bit of a laugh with them. I've certainly have noticed that like spring in my step is back. And to be honest, like I don't know if there's any more spring to get back. So I think energy level wise, I'm pretty good. Like I feel like I'm recovered. I think I know within myself that like the food focus side of things is not fully recovered just yet. Like I'm still like aware that that's going on, but each week it feels a little bit better and you know, I'm still very, very happy with how the whole recovery diet has gone. Like I've sort of stuck to my plan of like limiting myself to one meal out where I have to like allocate some calories to on any given week. And then other than that, like I've really just been hitting the macros on the head each day. And it's funny how in previous preps, like I would like hit my macros, but then there'd always be that temptation to just like have something else. And it's like, and then that something else can turn into a little bit more and you, you get frustrated with yourself because like far out, like I've never dreamed of doing this in prep. Why am I doing this now? And it's almost like the temptation for that is just not there. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, like uh, I know I'll be able to have that once or like, you know, I can factor it into my day and, and eat it another time. And mm. especially like at the moment where, you know, when you work in a physio clinic that's in a building with other practices of various specialties, you know, you end up getting the corporate box of cookies and chocolates and this and that. And, you know, like I just haven't really been tempted to to try it. I'm just like, eh, I'm gonna have lots of nice stuff over the next three years. So like, really, what is the point? Like, I would rather sort of finish the day knowing that I stuck to my guns and that I had another good day of post show. Um, and then once you know that sort of desire um, or food focus goes away and you're deep into the off season, then you know you know those things aren't going to be a problem. But yeah, feeling really good, man. I think it's one of those things as well, like, you know, even with a really well executed prep like yourself, reverse dieting a little bit and then still gaining some weight, like four weeks post-show, the hunger still hasn't gone away. Like, you know, that food focus is still there. And I think a lot of people like think like by the time it's like four to six weeks, you know, they've gained X amount of kilos, they've like done the recovery diet. They think a lot of it's going to go away, like within that time. And to be honest, sometimes it lingers for a little bit longer than what you would expect. Like, you know, like I mentioned, like pretty much a pitch perfect prep, you know, four weeks and that hunger is still there. That food focus is a little bit there. So, you know, for someone that might've had to suffer a lot deeper than what you had, um, it definitely does linger for a little bit longer than expected. Yeah. And I think, you know, the reason why, like I almost wouldn't describe it as like hunger is because for, I don't know, maybe it's, it, maybe I'm just thinking about it a different way, but like in prep, it wasn't like the insatiable hunger that I've had in the past. And I don't know if that was maybe just like, approaching it differently in my mind but i remember those post-show periods where like you finish your meals for the day you're 200 carb above what you were eating at the end of prep and you're still like genuinely Mm. ravenous and i just haven't felt that like it's just kind of like oh yeah i'm sweet like no dramas 
Um, and it's not like my like my food is yeah it's around that sort of probably 200 carb above what my my lowest was um so by no means what i would work my way up to in the depths of an improvement season but it's just like yeah i think a lot of it is like a mindset shift and also sometimes think like like i know i'm mature for my age and like you know i think when even when i was like 16 and 17 like even taking on something like comp prep like most 17 year olds aren't going to do that but i think the maturity aspect to it does help. Like I think just having more years to learn a few more lessons and just to like become more of an adult, I think that helps as well because like it does then dictate how you behave and you know, how you're able to think about things a little bit more rationally. So I think just being a bit older has helped with that and also just doing it another time. And I think that's what I've been trying to like hammer home. You know, I put up a post this week about how my recovery diet was going and I made sure to type something at the bottom saying like, you know, I know that this sounds like it's all hunky dory, but like, just remember, it wasn't always like this. And I've had the shocking check-ins where I'm like forcing myself to hit send to Joey. Cause I'm like, I got to stay accountable here. Like I've been there and I've done that. I've made the mistake. So it's not to say that, oh, this post show is just so easy and I'm killing it, but it's like, you know, I had to work to get here and it's, it was just a time thing and you're going to make the mistakes. And it's like making the mistakes is kind of the only way to really learn and then do it better next time. So you know, I know probably a lot of the listeners are maybe still in a little bit of a, a funny bracket where they're not quite fully recovered, where maybe they have had some days where they've overdone it and they're not super proud of themselves. But just remember that we've all, you know, been there in one way or another over the years and it will be better next time. So don't stress. I think that's one thing is every single prep I've gotten better and better at managing it. And probably the same goes for Jack as well, where like, you know, the first prep might've been an absolute shit show. Um, I remember mine was next prep after that was a lot better. And then it just gets better over time. You get better at managing it. The prep gets easier itself to an extent. Um, and then obviously the post-show period as well. Now for myself, in regards to everything that's been going on, um, training has been really good. Having like the three weeks off really has you itching to come back. I'm sure probably Lawrence was quite similar. Like, you know, you come back after like a holiday, you know, a couple of like hotel off, training. Off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never off. Yeah. What well, we mean, still dude? pretty much train the majority of the days anyway. But I don't know about you. I tracked every day. I haven't had yeah. a meal off plan yet, mate. Yeah, I saw you searching up that cheese. It didn't fit, but you tracked it. It looked good. <laughs> Joe, Joey was there for every single meal I ate, basically for the entire time in America. So in my yeah. eyes, I did not have one meal off plan because Joey didn't mm. say anything. Exactly right. He was just making notes on the side as you were consuming. Yeah, <laughs> Joe's like, this guy's got diabetes for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Book into a dietitian when when I sort him out. Do you know any? Yeah, I got you covered, man. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Not on this call though. Nah, nah. <laughs> nah. Um. I'm yeah, cool I... anyway. Sorry, Lawrence. Yeah. Oh, big dog. All right, Plus, okay. his rate's probably a little bit expensive for you too, like. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Probably about four times Joe's rate. Those Tesla costs, man. That fee. Mm -hmm. that exactly cover. right. Mm. but yeah training's been good coming back like has me like absolutely itching to get to the gym after a few sessions off like you know just having like a little bit of a break just has me mentally recharged and just ready to roll so everything in regards to training is really good progressions coming on each week weight has been holding steady food's quite high as well surprisingly um so got a little calorie bump today which is going to be spicy i'm coming for jack here Ooh, on the uh, 10, 10 carbs yeah and just three fat, is that right? 
Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I told Joe, I told Joe I like to keep it low, twenty fat, um, nothing serious, and then you know about eighty times that carbohydrates, calories. So I'm sitting yeah, swimmingly. Perfect. Dy, do you know what I would do to get those cows in, mate? It's just a perfect meal. Whole loaf of white bread, right? Yep. All right. Quest bar, <laughs> at least three or four. Jam, and then for extra protein, egg whites, and you use that as like a wrap. And then like a no-fat sausage. Perfect. I swear I've seen that before, but I can't it's recall. It's got all which... your micros covered, mate. It's got fruit if you get mm. the raspberry white chocolate Quest bars. There's so much fiber in them that you don't even need veg. Mm, exactly. And you'll be shitting through the eye of an eel after, which is <laughs> going to be perfect. Exactly what you want. I'm covered. Nah, and then for Christmas plans, I'm actually going to go up to the Sunshine Coast, spend that with Camellia's family. Funny enough, her birthday is two days before Christmas. So, you know... Just merge it together and get the two-in-one special, I think. Um, so then it's happy day. So I'll be spending pretty much like a full week up there. So next podcast will be from the uh, Marucci door. Far out. DY's in for an expensive week. Yeah. Well, that's, ah! why I'm merging, that's, that's why I'm merging them together, Lawrence. This is the tactic yeah, behind but, yeah. but, mate, if you were smart, you'd, on Christmas Eve, make it official. Be like, you know what? We're in. I'm committed. <laughs> Bang! Christmas Eve anniversary, mate. You're you're buying one gift for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just merge it all together. Yeah, you know what? That's it. I'm going to the shops. Wallace Bishop. I'll see you later. Or Tiffany. And don't don't spend any extra. Just yeah. be like, hey, fifty dollar limit this year. Perfect. <laughs> you missed Black hey, Friday, I'm Lauren. Hmm, Lawrence. Well, no, we didn't because we were over in New York at uh on Black Friday, Dude, weren't we, Lawrence? Like we were was. in the Tiffany store at that exact time. We were looking at that fat chunky ring and said, How much is this? One and a half price. Yeah, I was like, do me a deal. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, they wouldn't sell me the the one that's priceless. I was like, Well, give me a number. Yeah. yeah. Give me and, a number. Lawrence was literally just sitting in front of it to the store clerk, just saying, Everything's got a price, and he wouldn't leave. They had to escort him out. 10 security guards right. on him. Yeah. And then we're like, yeah. hang on, is that, are they the boys from BDU? Fuck. Get Actually, back. They, it does have a price. It's free. So that's what Just that big quietly. bling is on Lawrence. That, that Black Friday, like walking around Times Square, that was probably like in an eye shot. Like you've just never walked past so many people on a given day. Man, it was busy. It was unbelievable. It was so funny because we were just sitting there walking down like time, like what was it, Fifth Ave? And we're just, why is this place so busy? And then we literally searched up and it's Black Friday sales on the day that we decided we were going to do our like shopping before we came back. And we just, there's people absolutely everywhere. It was, it was crazy. DC and Jack, I'll give you guys, I guess, each the longest line outside a shop that we saw out of the whole day. What do you reckon? In what meters or? No, as in what was the shop? Oh, in right. ants, not meters. What do you reckon? Uh, uh, God. I'm going, it, I'm not sure. I don't I'm, know, like an electronics store perhaps? I'm going to say Adidas. Lego. Lego? Hey, the love Lego, that Lego store was on one. It was cooking. Yeah. Actually, that, like that being said, the we... Block. We are we have this like tradition where we um we always build Lego on on Christmas Day, so I understand that. Dude, send the address. I'm pulling up. Yeah, you want to come for sure, mate. DC's copping the the Lego Death Star this year. Yeah, we're I was about to say building the pieces. Yeah, <laughs> Lawrence is going to be wielding this big Star Wars contraption in there. A Yoda, human size. Straight oh, up. Mate. Mm. 
I've got a couple of questions. So the first one we've got here is kind of based off the Revive Stronger slash Dr. Mike. And they, they brought up a question which I felt was kind of interesting. And they were saying like the mentality behind the enhanced bodybuilders, taking it more seriously because of the short-lived competitive careers compared to natties. Now, I didn't realistically think that was much like, you know, too much of a difference there, but do they actually take it more seriously? Like from what you boys have seen, obviously you've seen the highest level natural bodybuilders. And then you've also seen the highest level, like pro bodybuilders. Do they really take it more seriously? Or do you think at the highest level, it's probably somewhat comparative? Yeah. Look, I think, I think at the highest level, it's got to be similar, right? Like you, you, you try to perfect your craft and you come in like a true professional and everything you do, it represents a professional mindset. Uh, every decision that you make may potentially, in, you know, impact the outcome. So I think at the highest level, let's say, for example, you know, WNBF Worlds versus, you know, the Olympia, like, I, I think that that both athletes will take their athletic endeavors as seriously as, as one another. Um, obviously, the enhanced route has more hype and promotion and marketing behind it as well. So maybe that plays into a, a sort of the mindset that uh, these individuals take it more seriously, potentially. But um, like, I think our opinions can sometimes uh, like sit in a bit of an echo chamber, you know, in a way, like I, I wouldn't agree with Mike in that regard. Um, I have mad respect for, for Mike and, and what he does. And the, the Play-Doh he eats three three times per, per day. <laughs> I'm mad respect for, for Mike, but um, no, I don't, I don't agree. I don't agree. Like, I think, I think if you are a natural at the highest possible level of, of bodybuilding, everything you do is going to represent an athlete mindset and you're going to hold your standards up to a high level of professionalism. Uh, and that's going to be the same in terms of the enhanced route as well. I mean, I, I guess if you look at it from the perspective of, like let's say your local show, you know what I mean? Like uh, but not talking about the Olympia level. Uh, I mean, I, it can be different as well. I mean, I've seen, I mean, we've all been to, to natty shows and seen some athletes who don't take it very seriously, but I've also been to IFBB shows and watched and, and also seen competitors on stage where I'm like, you know, the standard you're, you're presenting on that stage, it's not, not, that, not that incredible either. So it's mm. like, again, I, I, I just think our opinions can sometimes be in an echo chamber and um, like, it's a very big generalization. I feel. Yeah. And I also feel like with like the high level, like for example, like the MPC shows, Mike did raise a very good point where like a lot of the really good natties end up moving on. So the, the natural side of the talent pool kind of gets watered out a little bit. And then all of the natties somewhat, or not all of them, a very large majority probably end up taking that leap after realizing that, you know, they've, got the potential like one he listed was obviously jared feather like jared scored his pro card won a natural pro show there's no doubt if he continued in the natural scene he could be very far up there but obviously decided to make the jump so i guess that makes the ipb slash the mpc uh talent pool a little bit deeper in that aspect compared to like what there might be at some of the natural shows because a lot of them do end up moving on and unfortunately once you make that move you can't also move back so mm -hmm. I suppose to play like devil's advocate here, though, I mean, if we sort of compare like this idea of like working hard or like who's more committed or something like that, let's take someone. I mean, I feel like all of us are like, you know, in the upper echelon of like, you know, day to day doing what we need to do. But like, let's take someone who's, you know, at the 
tippity top of that tree, like a BK or a Steve Hall or like a Jack Thorburn, where it's like every single day is the same. And then you've got Seabum taking three weeks off after the Olympia. Like, is then that to say that because Brandon is 365 days a year, you know, I mean, on paper, that should mean that, okay, he's actually more committed and he puts more effort into bodybuilding on the whole as Chris Bumstead. What do you think about that? Yeah, I do, I do think that's a 100% fair point. I do think that a lot of the naturals try and really minim, like maximize like all these tiny little 1%, like, you know, meal timings to an extent, like, you know, protein distribution, all workouts are obviously logged. Like some of the Olympia guys, they're doing a different chest workout every single workout, like not logging any of their lifts, where maybe they might have a little bit of leeway with some of the pharmacology side of things, like, you know you see some people and it's just different workouts every week. And you're just like, huh? It's like, we all know that, you know, when you're tracking your lifts, like, you know, trying to make progress. Um, but at the exact same time, you know, when you're doing whatever you're doing, there could be a fair bit of assistance. Not only that as well, I feel like the genetic pool for the enhanced, like with moving along with the naturals, then moving up to the IPB, I think there's a lot more genetically elite and the pool is a lot deeper with the uh, IPB slash NPC shows. Mm. I just don't think the answer to this question is just so black and white. Like it is mm. this and it isn't this, you know, I guess like even at the Olympia level, uh, you've heard of uh, competitors who have gone out and had just like 10,000 calorie challenges the night before the show and turned mm. up and looked absolutely horrendous. So like if we based our opinion just on that example, we would be saying that no, Natty's take it more seriously, but I don't even think Natty's take it more seriously. I just think that in, in the natural bodybuilding you know scene and in the enhanced bodybuilding scene there is such a you know grand diversity in terms of approach and level of a seriousness that there's there's no kind of way to like pinpoint mm. one or the other as as being the the best approach or, or mentality in that regard um I, I think even in the in the natural game i've heard of competitors that have gone out and had really off-plan meals that have really ruined their show day you know look based on consuming something just so wild you know, the day before the show. And that even happens happens in the natty scene as well. So I think, I think just, with that though, like just because someone does go out and have an off-plan meal, they can still be taking it super serious because they believe that that's their protocol. So, I mean, it would be different if they knew they should be doing something else, like following their macros to a T, but then they go and have, have an off-plan meal. So yeah, just to kind yeah, of make that point. I, I, yeah, no, I completely agree with that as well. Like looking at the specifics of of the question itself, like... I could be doing something just completely incorrectly, but just have that much of like a, a level of confidence and seriousness in my approach that in my mind, like again, in my own echo chamber, I am serious as like, they couldn't get more serious about it. <laughs> well, my coach Lawrence told me that, like, you know, I could have a pizza before I stepped on the WMBF stage and I'd be good to go. Just couldn't yeah. fill them out. But as long yeah. as you're serious about it, you know, but he told me it's so all serious about it. So. Yeah, I think anyone at the highest level, like if you were to go the top six to the top six, chances are they're all crossing their T's and dotting their I's. Um, I think that's nearly across the board compared to MB WMBF and then also the IFBB. Um, jumping on to the next question. Um, how do you know when you've taken the reverse slash recovery diet a bit too far? You know, maybe the six kilos has turned into 15, Jack. Yeah, well, I I'm attacked. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him at the gym today and his belly was touching the bar when he was doing barbell fucking deadlifts. I just said, ah. I said, 
all right, I've got to bring this up. But I didn't want to like point the finger at him. But now it's happened. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this answer kind of, or this question answers itself. Like, I think the the main thing to look at here is, especially the wording of it, like too far. Like not even, is it unsuccessful or is it not effective? But no, has it been taken too far? And I think the main indicator of that is, is body weight and, and body fat. Like, have you compromised your ability to push body weight up in the off season by how quickly you've regained weight post-show. So I think if you're, I, I don't want to quote specific numbers or percentages here, but if you are suddenly at a particular body weight or body fat where you don't have any room to push up in your off season and you require a mini cut again, then I would say that that's too far. Like ideally you want to set yourself up and have a really nice runway for the improvement season. So like how I would probably do it is gain X amount of body weight first, recover, maybe maintain that for a little bit and then, or then just proceed into a more conservative rate of gain for your um, first sort of dedicated gaining phase of the off season. So, yeah. And I mean, there's other ways we can look at this as well. Like maybe not the wording of too far, but like, how are you approaching it mentally? Have you mentally recovered? Have you physiologically recovered? But yeah, the, the, the um, topic of body fat would be the main thing I'd address. I almost think the, like the definition of kind of taking it too far can't be, can't be perceived by the individual itself. Like what I'm trying to say is that I know some, some athletes who gain an appropriate amount of body weight after the, the recovery period, but because they've seen themselves so lean for so long and now they're not that ideal look immediately, they already think that their you know recovery diet has fast superseded uh, in terms of, you know, their, their body fat regain. And it's almost like that point where, you know, coach, can I maybe run a diet phase? Like I, I'm not feeling comfortable <laughs> pushing my body weight up, you know, any further from this. Yeah. And I think that's when a coach, you know, really can sit that person down and go, well, no, like we're actually fine. You look great. You look recovered. You look healthy again. You have some, you know, shape back into your face. Like you're not, you're not gaunt through the eyes and, and through the, the cheeks and looking like death. Like you're actually looking great. And now we're performing well in training. So I think it's, it's important to have that sort of, I guess, second set of eyes to determine what actually does taking it too far look like because our perce perception of what that is can be a little bit warped in the recovery phase or at least after. Mm. I think after like seeing yourself for so lean and even just getting that initial like spill where you like start to lose your abs, you look real water and you're like, holy shit, I'll fuck this up. And then you go, you know, you chat to your coach and be like, you know, mate, this happens. There's no need for the mini cut one week after, you know? Um, and then obviously trend back into the, uh, what needs to be done because you know visually it's very hard once you see like those those changes happening every single week and at probably a decent rate if you're doing a recovery diet quite nicely there's going to be a little bit of body fat that comes on and that more or less comes with it but like you know you got to know what that. you mean by losing your abs because i mean if you do lose your abs completely then you probably have taken <laughs> it too far <laughs> oh busted <laughs> now lawrence what does taking a little bit too far look like um and then what are the downsides to that are you gonna we actually yourself? he wasn't yeah he wasn't asking you to like give a description there he was actually wanting you to like show stand up, up get your shirt up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to do a live check-in oh yeah Jack, no i get think... the camera ready this is gonna <laughs> yeah, be the clip recording. Don't worry. yeah perfect 
Oh, what, what are the downsides to taking it a little bit too far? Like, obviously, you know, you're going into now your building phase, well, like recovery slash building phase, and you want to set yourself up for success. Like, you know. Yeah, well, I think um, Jack probably mentioned it there. Like, the main downside is then just not giving yourself enough runway because it's like, okay, let's say you were aiming to get on, like, for me, for example, okay, we'll take my example. Like, the goal was to be, you know, about 10% up from stage weight about eight weeks post show which tends to be like the the recommendations that are out there at the moment but if i got there sort of four weeks post show then you know really got to hang on for another four weeks probably not going to happen and then before you know it instead of having like a 10 kilo runway for the improvement season that only might be a six kilo runway and you know that might not sound like a huge deal in the grand scheme of things but you know, it just will mean, okay, we might have to run that many cuts sooner. Whereas it could have been 10, 12 months of uninterrupted gaining. And, you know, that will, you know, that will show for something because I think that we're all in agreement that for, you know, massing phases, you want to spend the most time in a position where your body has the ability to grow. So I think that's probably the first point where we're thinking about, you know, potentially hamstringing yourself a little bit in terms of the improvements you can make in the off season. But I also do think that, you know, it can be very difficult to have that motivation to train again if you're not ticking the boxes for your recovery phase because I certainly know that in previous recovery phases where I didn't do as good of a job, the days where you maybe have overdone it a little bit, like you're a bit bloated, you're not really happy with how you're looking, mentally you're a bit flat because, you know, you didn't tick the boxes that day you don't really feel like training. And if you do feel like training, you're probably not feeling 100%. So I think that your performance in those weeks leading out of the comp, if you can keep yourself pretty locked in, you know, you sort of end up in this just hyper-motivated state where you're just like, can't wait to attack every session. But, you know, if you sprinkle in some bad days in there, which once again is normal, you generally don't really feel like going to the gym those days. You generally don't feel like you're this awesome bodybuilder who's ready to to make all these gains and hit these PBs. So I think, you know, there's the the long-term sort of ramifications in terms of hamstringing your off-season, but there's also those more immediate short-term effects that, you know, a non-optimal recovery diet can have. So, and then there's sort of the the psychological side, which I probably don't feel fully qualified to speak on, but I think it's the recovery diet and coming out of competitions. I think that's where most people, you know, will really struggle with getting back to a, a normal uh, mindset with regard to how they look and how much they weigh, how lean they are, things like that. Mm. I think what you've said there is a really good point as well. Not even like the long-term ramifications of it, but like, you know, if you normally shit in the bed on the diet and it gets very hard then the training sessions are going to suffer there's not very many situations where you're going to have someone that's absolutely nailing the recovery diet and then they're having poor workouts it's normally if the recovery diet's probably going bad as well the training isn't probably going to be as good as well like you know a lot of the time you know probably don't want to go to the gym like you know you put on x amount of weight the desire to train might not be there and you're like i'm kind of over this shit like you know i'm not hitting my nutrition now my training's kind of suffering and it kind of just steamrolls so like you know what you mentioned there like you know getting on track with like the recovery diet it does have a huge effect in regards to actually your training your desire to train like you know if you know you're ticking the boxes in terms of like your sleep recovery and your nutrition chances are the training sessions are going to be quite good comparatively and the motivation for those sessions are going to be a lot higher there as well 
I think after the after the comp prep season, realistically, you probably shouldn't be running a mini cut or a diet phase until at least a good six months post show, right? Mm. For for I mean, there might be some interchangeability there based on uh, how lean you needed to get, based on like the category as well. But I do think from a mental perspective, giving yourself a good six month runway at least before even looking to run a mini cut is incredibly important. So for those individuals who maybe do push up a little bit more assertively and all of a sudden they're in a place where, you know, it's uncomfortable to sit there and maybe, maybe, you know, it's been like overdone a little bit in terms of body fat regain. I think the, the, pre- the, the situation there is that we kind of just need to live in this, in this, at this body weight for a bit longer because, I think it's potentially going to do more detriment to run straight into a diet phase thereafter if you haven't truly recovered again, you know, again. Because I think if if behaviors and mindset and habits towards nutrition at that point have led to that series of overeating, then even I guess the the relationships that we have towards food at this point in time aren't ideal and they're certainly not going to be mended by jumping straight back into a diet phase again. So I guess it's that sort of unfortunate truth where it's like, hey, let's just live in this body composition for a bit longer. You know, let's just get comfortable where we're at. And it's probably, you probably look better than what you think you look, you know, because it's, we're often our own worst critique, right? So um, sit there for a little bit longer and then then run the diet phase once once you've been able to regain that control a little bit amongst your nutrition. Yeah, very good point there. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement there as well. I like 20 weeks post show would probably be nearly the earliest you could even look at running a mini cut. Like, you know, the longer the better. Like what Lawrence has said, like, you know, the chances are, you know, the more longer you can put off your mini cut, the more productive that recovery phase has been. Um, going to jump in the next question here. And why does weight trend up a lot more aggressively post show compared to like standard dieting phase, Jack? Yeah, a number of reasons. I think one of them is the effects of metabolic adaptation and reduced needs. So, and I think the nature of being in a dieting phase for a long time means that someone is more food focused. They uh, find it much easier to consume a large amount of highly palatable foods. And when you combine those things together, then you equal very fast weight gain uh, compared to, let's say, a mini cut where someone's body fat is closer to a normal position uh, and therefore that body fat helps with leptin and ghrelin control and plus they wouldn't have built up as much of a uh, degree of food focus in a shorter period of dieting compared to a comp prep so i think those would be the cornerstones there i think also post prep like some people they do just fall off in terms of their like expenditure like naturally expenditure should come down but if you combine that with a drastic amount of extra food then i mean energy in equals like energy out there's that energy balance equation to consider uh i mean look at lawrence for example like he went to new york did lots of steps and he came back uh relatively good composition despite even leaner (laughs) even leaner so we're actually throwing him in the ifbb season c show next time around you know we'll prep him for bnc he's gonna be good to go we just take him over to new york beforehand and then we'll run him into the New York Pro not too long after. What about UDC? Got anything get further to add on that? No, I think I think I think Jack covered that covered that very nicely. I mean, I would I would also say that that uh, in the in the post show phase, overall you just you're just far more depleted, I guess. Going you know, and then then going into a state of of being fed, 
Uh, you've got really large osmotic shifts as well in terms of potential water retention as well. Like when we, when we, when we store more muscle glycogen, we top up those storages. Uh, we're also going to be, you know, pushing some some water into that tissue as well. So we're going to see a lot of quite quite quick transient and acute shifts in um, in scale weight due to residual food volume, eating more food, just like Jack alluded to, but potentially just being able to store more within the body in terms of you know energy stores. So yeah. And, and like a dietary adherence, I think is, is a big part of that as well. You know, mm. people are uh, within the, the, the initial stages of recovery. Maybe there's a few social outings that, you know, you missed out on through, through prep itself. And so now I'm going to celebrate with family and friends and eat more highly palatable foods. As a result, the magnitude of the surplus is greater, going to put on body fat quicker. Uh, yeah, a few, quite a few different reasons as to why scale weight would increase quite quickly post-show. Mm. I think one more thing to add there is like some of they get a little bit more relaxed in regards to maybe some of their food tracking. So I'll be like, Oh, I'm tracking. But then they're like, Oh, like for example, one's like coffee. They're like, thank God. Like I'm out of prep now. I don't have to have a long black and they'll have a normal coffee. And then they don't track that. And then there might be a little bit of sauce here and there. And then once you combine that with what you've said, obviously like the fluid, you know, um, obviously the downregulation in the metabolic rate a little bit there as well. And you combine that all at once. It can definitely like add up, especially over the initial couple of weeks. Um, Not to mention so the kilos of muscle gain as well, post-show. Oh, because of the yeah, rebound. Exactly right. Like I've seen it with Lawrence, like he's five kilos up, but leaner. You got to see this. It's unbelievable. Something suspicious. How long is it going to take until these post-show jokes and never? I'm always post-show. And then we're, we're running them into your yeah. Then we're running them into your season two. Yeah. Nah. What is what? Yeah, yeah. You corrected me there, Lawrence. Twenty twenty forty. Basically, we're gonna. It, it's like a unicorn. We we haven't even seen the thing. It doesn't Lawrence exist. going to be under the bus up until 2040. Mm-hmm. And that's why, that's why Jack, Jack's still, you know, he's, he's still post-show. We can't expect him to diet. He's not even recovered. Mm. <laughs> I can, I, I can envision next year's prep for me. Like I'll be three weeks out and you guys will still be saying, oh, you might not make it to stage, Jack. There's, there's <laughs> still time to, when, to prolong it. When I'm backstage with you pumping up, I'm just going to be in your ear saying, nah, something's going to happen. <laughs> You're not going to make it. Yeah. yeah. Until I see it, until he walks up those stairs. And even then, rolled ankle, not out of the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then right before he's about to get on, we're giving him a slap on the back and be like, mate, you did all right. Nothing too serious. You actually look all right. Yeah, just thought I'd let you know. I'll tell you, there's no one that's going to get on that stage with more mental fortitude than Jack. He's going to be conditioned over the the whole two and a half years he's been going, just the amount of shit talk. mentally stronger than any other athlete so there's no doubt he's going to get the card mm. if he ever does compete otherwise there's probably no chance yeah i know you guys are all doing it for my mental fortitude of course mm. 100 mate iron sharpens iron exactly right it'll make you a better athlete promise mm. um one of the final questions here is sayings that some people say in the fitness industry that don't make sense. And I was watching like a couple of videos over the past couple of days on YouTube. And you know, when you listen to like these, these pros and they're like talking about like their training philosophies and like one that obviously comes to mind was the fish thinning the skin, you know, like, yeah, you got to get the tilapia in thins the skin. So you have that real paper thin. But another one I heard was squeezing the muscle for like them deep lines. He was like in the prep and they're like holding the shortened position of the movement. And they're like, these are going to get the striations and like the deep cuts into the muscle. Do you guys have any uh, of these extras that just really don't make sense? 
Well, I think the post-show muscle gain, like as mm. well. Okay, maybe maybe if we're talking about our uh, enhanced brethren, I don't know. I'm not a chemist. Maybe there's some stuff going on, but like the whole idea that you're in this prime position to put on muscle, like genuinely makes no sense. Like if you just boil us down to like organisms that need to survive, you know, your body is in this state where it's extremely low body fat. It's so many of its processes aren't working. So the idea of it thinking to itself, all right, you know what we're going to do? We're going to slap on an even more metabolically expensive and demanding tissue. <laughs> that's going to demand even more metabolic activity from our already energy deprived state. And we're going to get bigger rather than put on body fat. Like that's just ludicrous. But I, I will say DY, I, I do like the, you know, etching in the final details and like the, I mean, I, I like Brett, Brett Wilkin. I really enjoy following his YouTube. Like I've been on a little Brett Wilkin craze, even had a bit of it running in the, uh, the apartment in New York, DY, didn't I? So yeah. um, I enjoy watching his stuff, but it's like, it's so funny because he'll do like an awesome set on like a leg press, forms great, execution. And then for his hamstring movement, he'll lie on a bench, put a dumbbell between his ankles and then do that. as like his, <laughs> yeah. his, And it's just like, huh? what are we doing? what are we doing yeah yeah exactly right you, you see some of the stuff and you're like what that doesn't even make any sense at all like yeah like they were doing like shortened position partials on like a pec fly mm -hmm. and they're like yeah these are going to get those real deep like inner lines on the on the chest when you're like doing your most muscles like what the hell am i watching right now but hey they're twice yeah. the size of me so what the fuck do i know actually to be fair i, I might i might stumble across the secret today because I'm actually going out to dinner after this with a friend and we're going to a Persian restaurant. We're going for the kebab that Hani always swears by. It's clean carbs. It's a clean cheat. It's just protein and rice, baby. So if I come out looking like 09 Jay Cutler, we know that Hani was right all along. I thought it was going to be like Hattie. I thought you were going to be coming in looking like that. Front shot's going to be filled out. Glutes are going to be dying. <laughs> Lower... <laughs> When he hits that most muscular, he's going to be looking spicy. Yeah, so we'll see how I go. What about you, boys? You've got any uh, other sayings that just don't really make sense? Any come to mind? Uh, I think maybe one that is kind of uh, perhaps a uh, like an old wives' tale kind of thing is um, like make sure you you know a ton of asparagus to uh, to to you know dehydrate dehydrate mm -hmm. you and and just lose that water under the skin. Like I know in asparagus, there is a, an amino acid um, that assists in potentially acting as somewhat of a diuretic. But I think in asparagus, it's in pretty low levels. And I don't think you're consuming a significant amount to create such a you know vast change to your look around stage time. So that might potentially be, be one as an example. Also like de just dehydration in general, which... I mean, it's maybe the one that you can on the outside might make the most sense because like you're dehydrating, therefore you lose the watery look, but we know that it's not quite as simple as that. So when you actually look at intracellular and extracellular fluid retention. Mm. But I think once you combine them all together, you got the, like the tilapia, you've also got the dehydration, the asparagus, and then like the shortened partials. Like I think we're in for an absolute treat. Once you combine all four of those, you're going to be looking fucking dry as hell come that stage. Might be looking mate, flat, but you'll be shredded. Mate, 
I'm telling you, I was probably two or three fillets of tilapia away from winning my card on the Saturday and beating Brian DaCosta on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wait, did you run out of tilapia yeah. or something? No, Couldn't Joe accidentally. It. Joe accidentally put chicken breast on the uh, on the meal plan yeah. instead. Matt, it was a little bit of a typo, but the shame he was, I was at the Walmart. To help out. Yeah, I was at the Walmart. Three dollars left on the account. Tilapia fillet, three dollars sixty. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Couldn't believe it. Joe had to make the decision. He's like, mate, just get the pre-sliced chicken. A little extra sodium in it. Uh, it. They had like a little bit of spices on top too. A little bit yeah. watery. Didn't turn well, we out missed so the well. peak, D.Y. Yeah. yeah. You saw me in New York. It was perfect. Mm. Just yeah. perfect. I'm going to say Two and a half full. kilos up. Full. Watery. Full as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Brian would have been shaking in his boots. Oh, man. Wouldn't he just? Wouldn't he just? Yeah. I think the um, honorable mention, obviously, there's a, a couple of really good physio ones from across the years, like the... um you know, chiropractor realigning your spine. That's mm. just a flat well, out I mean, lie. That just happened to DY on his, what he went to like. No, the... yeah, I got the osteo and I got that little hammer gun, man. Whew, I was feeling 100%. Yeah. yeah, the right... yeah. <laughs> I love goose, the, goose, um, goose, goose. I love the IFBB pros that are like one day out from a competition and like getting the massage and it's like, yep, just realigning those fibers, flushing out the, uh, the fatigue. So yeah, perfect. That's what you want. Just get some ICN was, up and inflame you. ICN was promoting that like massage therapists about the lymph, what it was lymphatic massage or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know what that's about to be fair. Look, yeah. Massage in a nutshell feels nice, but it doesn't. Especially do those little tie ones with the uh, 24 seven sign flashing out the front blacked out screens. Yeah, we, when we lost DY one day in New York and he, we, we spotted coming out of one of those. <laughs> Ooh, looking busted. very jovial, I might add. <laughs> I was relaxed. Looking very rejuvenated. Yeah, yeah, exactly uh, yeah. right. A little pep in his step. <laughs> all right, boys, I think that's going to wrap up today's episode. Let's finish that there, <laughs> all right? No, no more. Yeah, let's get out. Um, <laughs> want to wish all the listeners a very Merry Christmas, I'm sure, from all the boys. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yes, Merry Christmas, people. See you next week.